What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. Hello and welcome back to a Thursday evening edition of the Full Ride on the Chase Thomas podcast, presented by Blue Wire. I am the aforementioned Chase Thomas, and I am joined by fellow University of North Georgia alumni Matt Green. Matt, good evening, sir. How are you? Good evening, sir. I'm uh I'm amped, man. I'm excited for this for this show we got tonight. Yeah, it's gonna be good. We're gonna be doing uh, our favorite chicken sandwiches. I want to have some lists. I want to have some arbitrary. Let's rank these things um, during the off season. I want to get uh, your perspective on food and movies and things like that. So we're gonna we're gonna mix things up along with the the college football news minutia and then one big theme, college football theme um, per episode. But um, yeah, like uh, I'm, I'm very excited to break down the top 20 quarterbacks of the last 20 years because I think this will be a fun list. And I, when I was going through it, I didn't realize just how many great quarterbacks there really were. So it's we're going to be leaving out some some really good ones. Um, it's tough, and you can't just go with Heisman winners either. There's like I I had to like just kind of go year by year. I'm like, am I forgetting anybody? Like it was a uh, yeah, it was fun. Go a little, a little stroll down memory lane. Absolutely. Um, don't forget, folks, you can support the full ride by going to chasethomaspodcast.com today and uh, checking out all of our previous episodes. You can find that by just going through the the site uh, and supporting us on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash chasethomaswriter, like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash chasethomaswriter. And if you like listening to Matt and I uh, once a week during the college football offseason, you can leave us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It's quick and easy and really helps this show continue to grow um matt what have uh what have you been reading what have you been watching since we last talked oh you know man just uh i'm all over the place just, just taking it all in basically mm. how's the puppy uh he's he's a little fucker man but uh <laughs> but we're uh that's his new nickname alf alf he's uh just a little fucker but um He's uh he's good, you know, getting that whole potty training stuff going. So he's getting better. Interesting. Okay, so but yeah, he is messing up your house a lot. I mean, he's really not. Unfortunately, he seems to whenever he poops. The majority of the time he pees, you know, it can be all over the place. The majority of the time he poops, it's actually on these little pee pad things we got. So it's okay. like he's learning. You know, he's like, I gotta go. I need to go towards the door, but I don't know. He just can't hold it to get all the way out. But uh. We're getting there. We're making some progress. Well, that's good. How was I actually stopped him mid squat the other day, and I was like, <laughs> "No, no, no!" And I picked him up, and he like held it all the way to get outside. It was pretty solid. Uh, I think you're ready for a real fatherhood. I think. Uh, I think so, ready. man. No, I think this has shown has shown me how not ready I am. It's like this is like such a handful, but at the end of the day, it's like I can lock him in a kennel if I need to for a couple hours and uh and go run some errands. Can't really do that with a child. No, no. It's I mean, frowned upon, at least. I think that's what they call a crime in uh, this country. Um, let's start off, Matt Green, with our favorite chicken sandwiches. Like, there's a lot of talk right now. Zaxby's getting in late. I kind of like the marketing here. Getting in late. Um, I am a chicken sandwich connoisseur. I'm a chicken tender connoisseur. Love chicken tenders. Could eat them every day. Um, love some chicken tendies, as the kids say. Um. <laughs> Do you have a list, Matt? I know you're not the biggest fast food guy, but I um you- I was trying to put together a list. I feel like there's not that many chicken sandwiches I even eat. Like, okay, I so feel like I don't even have go- like a top five. I'll g- I'll be honest though. I usually go nugs when I go Chick Fil A. So, but okay. I have Chick Fil A as my number two on the mm-hmm. chicken sandwich list. I go with the Wendy's spicy chicken. That's my number one. It's underrated. Man. It's a, it is it is very underrated. But um, so, that's pretty much my list. Like I'm, I feel like I'm the only person in the world that never tried the Popeyes thing. Like, 
everything it was such a craze there's the crazy lines like it was such a like such a crazy time to be alive really that month there that just people were killing each other for popeye's yep. chicken sandwiches it was just wild and i feel like i just i didn't want to be like the person that just bought into the hype and just went and so i i feel like i still haven't tried it but i see the commercials and me and uh me and uh, Tori say to each other, like, we should try that. Like, we, we still haven't tried it. Everyone made such a big deal about it. So I got to get around to it. But but you're the connoisseur, man. What what are your thoughts? So I have a 1A and 1B. And this might be a cop-out. But it really just depends on where, like, where I am in the day. So chicken, like, the chicken sandwich at Chick-fil-A, it's easy, it's quick, it's great. I prefer them cold, like a monster. I uh, I love a good Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich that's been sitting out for a couple hours. Love them. So, like, no, that's room temperature. You want yeah, a room, room temperature? temperature? Like, <laughs> oh, my God. That's terrible. <laughs> I will say the Bojangles, I go with, like, the biscuit. I never go there for, for lunch or dinner, though. I, like, only consider Bojangles for breakfast. I'm not really sure why. Well, I've, like, never really been a Bojangles person. I've never really gone. It was never on my radar. Grumpy. That Cajun never... filet biscuit and the uh, the bow rounds, man, mm. that's, that's quality stuff. I believe you. I believe you. Nothing against Bojangles. If you want to be a presenting sponsor, Bojangles, it's fine. You, you're down in my <laughs> girlfriend's house in North Knox. Um, I respect their uh, their college branding they got going on. Uh, with that, that box. Yeah, it's some kind of box they have for, like, you know, UGA tailgates. I'm sure they do it every local like southeastern school but um yeah and it's like georgia out. it's like red and black it's like it's pretty sick uh, a buddy of mine big south carolina fan said like the mm. busiest bojangles like in the country is interesting right outside of uh south carolina stadium like okay. on the there's like on a train tracks and columbia south carolina. it just gets like yeah i guess it just gets uh all kinds of business for uh, football games and everything well, aren't they based out of North Carolina? One of the I was thinking they were like South Carolina or something. I'm not sure okay. about that. Um, Bojangles did not make my list. But back to Chick-fil-A. So I like Chick-fil-A's efficiency where like I can eat the chicken sandwich while I'm driving somewhere else. However, however, this is a big point for me. The Zaxby's Kickin' Chicken Sandwich Meal is king. It tastes the best. Like that Kickin' Chicken Sandwich Meal is so dang good. However... So is that like a, a breast on there? Are they the one that has like the tenders on it? Oh, no, that's the tendies. Okay, yeah. See, that's I've never had that sandwich, to be honest. I'm like, I'm the kind of person who just like go to a restaurant, I find the thing I want, and I just get that every single time. It's like, oh, I, like I just get the tenders and the, 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 the what is it? The chicken finger plate? That's, that's yeah. my jam. Go with it every time. Um, not going not gonna to go against you on that. You can't go wrong there. However... The problem with this, Matt, is that it is the messiest, messiest meal you can get of the the big group of the chicken. Mm, I could see that the tenders that that's tough to hold up on the sandwich. Well, it's also a lot of sauce. They put a lot of sauce on there, um, and the sauce. Like, I think there's ranch on it, um, and some Zach sauce and stuff. But like, it is jam packed with flavor, Matt. Jam packed <laughs> with flavor. So it always hits me. It's it's the most delicious sandwich. Chick fil A, it's not like I I don't know if it's part of like part of the Chick fil A issue is that I've had it so many times that it's just not registering to me what it tastes like. I just have this it's just like fuel to me. If I'm eating Chick fil A, it's fuel. It's never like mmm glad. That's I got true. It's it's voter fatigue on yes. uh, on Chick fil A. <laughs> um Popeye's I just didn't really like it. I'm not a pickle person. I'm not like a the I'm not a messy person. I'm driving around like it's just like you said. It's it's not worth it. Um, and also they have so many other great options. Like Popeyes has a lot of other great stuff that I that I very much enjoy. Um, I think the shrimp box was really good. The chicken and uh, shrimp box I, I seem to recall from a couple of years ago was really good. I also just like their spicy tendies. Those are great. Um, but no, I I have one. I guess Zaxby's. Like if I have all the time in the world, if I'm posted up at my house watching Killing Eve and I get one choice of a chicken sandwich, I'm getting the chicken chicken sandwich meal from. Which I think if you're if you're making the rankings, I don't think mm-hmm. convenience should matter. I think it's just at the end of the day, convenience pound for pound, process, best sir. sandwich. It's part of the eating process. You have to factor it in. I mean, it's true, but I feel like, like you said, with all the time in the world, like if you're ranking Zach's number one, then I think it, it is the legit number one. 
There we go. But uh, so if you go to like a restaurant, mm-hmm. like, do you ever get like a chicken sandwich at like just like a sit down restaurant or anything? I don't feel like I ever really do. So you're just strictly fast food yeah. chicken sandwich guy? Yeah, I'm trying to think about it. I don't think I've ever ordered a chicken sandwich at a sit down restaurant. I've gotten hamburgers. Yeah. And I'll go like a buffalo chicken wrap or something mm. like that at a restaurant. But yeah, I don't think there's many that I've. I don't see chicken sandwich on a on a menu, and that's it's not where my mind goes. No, and if I'm watching a game at a sports bar, like I'm getting chicken tenders or like boneless wings. I'm not getting a sandwich. Yeah, exactly. I would agree with that. I go I I go traditional wings though. You're a boneless guy. Um, it's more about the mess. Back to the mess. Love mm. the pork action and dipping it in sauces. Like if you're like it again depends on the situation. My on a date. Never go traditional wings ever. That's gonna be a mess. Like unless you're, unless you've been dating this person for a while and you're good, uh, Matt. Because I will say, I like I was out on a date once with somebody um, years ago back in Atlanta because a onion dripped out of the side of her mouth um, while she was eating this really messy burger when we were in Atlantic Station um, after a Hawks game, and I just couldn't unsee it. <laughs> Are you serious? That sounds like some Jerry Seinfeld type stuff. Never talk to her ever again. I'm not even like I was just like this is not. I was I was so disgusted by the entire thing because when she ordered it, like I raised an eyebrow of just like this is date number two. This is an insane choice for you to get the messiest burger. <laughs> hey, she was feeling comfortable with you, man. She was she was opening up. She was putting her uh putting her guard down. Yeah, I didn't like it. And uh, got to stay up. <laughs> At least that early, day number two. That's yeah, fair. Way too comfortable. I was. I remember just being so disgusted. Like I wanted to walk out there, and I couldn't unsee it. Like I remember her going for a kiss, and I just like sidestepped it. And uh, when it got the hug, I was like, no, 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 no. That's hilarious because I just assumed the story was gonna be like you were eating some wings and you got all messy, and then like you never heard from her back from the girl. Like it totally went south. But you changed that up on me. I, you were you were the one that was turned off. That's that yeah, was no, funny. I'm not a messy eater, and I'm very particular about what I eat in public. Like I don't I don't enjoy eating around other people in general. It's not one of my favorite things. I don't like watching <laughs> people eat. I don't like having to think about how I'm eating in front of them. Don't enjoy it. I mean, yeah. I mean, I would prefer not to be the only person eating. But if like mm-hmm. everyone's eating and I'm and I'm just eating, I'm not. I don't care. I don't care how I'm eating. I, I don't know. That's just I guess me. I just look at other people. Like Thanksgiving's a train wreck. Just to see. So you're people. judging everyone. So you just assume everyone's judging you. That's yes. what it is. That's what it is. Yes, I think that's some sort of uh, neurotic behavior. But uh, that that I mean, I'm just being honest, Matt. That is how my brain works. That is how my brain works. Um, that's fair. We're also going to talk on this week's episode of the full ride on the chase Thomas podcast that you can check out on chase Thomas podcast.com um, this week in college football news, Matt green. And there's a couple things. Drew Aller committed to Penn state quarterback. He is the highest rated quarterback in the James Franklin era. And I think uh, predates him by a little bit. He is pretty highly touted. And uh, I don't know if you watch Penn state the last couple of years, they have not had a good quarterback since Trace McSorley dipped out. So Sean Clifford had a really bad year last year. Looks like he's gonna have to be under center this year under a new OC in Yurchich. I still don't know how to pronounce this dude's last name. Coming over from Texas, an Ohio guy, and I think uh, um, he got his start. I want to say in Gundy staff at Oklahoma State. Um, but um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens there. But what do you make of Drew Aller committing to Penn State? Yeah, it's uh, the most important position. You gotta you gotta get big time quarterbacks I, I would imagine this is the highest ranked quarterback they've gotten since hackenberg right which that didn't exactly work out so no <laughs> i mean i guess he was i guess he was fine at penn state but obviously nothing ever came of the just the five-star status that he was supposed to be but yeah i mean big time commit for them we'll see uh we'll see what comes of it the big story though out of college football this past week is the absolute mess at kansas um first it was less miles we talked about that briefly on the podcast last week but now not only is less miles out jeff long the ad who hired him longtime friend of um less miles he's also gone uh just an absolute mess um this was the right thing jeff long his explanation for not knowing about these skeletons in less miles closet was insane of just like well i asked him about it 
And he said he didn't have it. It's like, oh, background check completed. Like, in what other walk of life is that how background checks work? Um, <laughs> but college football is just a different breed of incompetence sometimes. And Jeff Long sucks. Um, this all sucks. He's a terrible AD. Like, the Petrino stuff dating back to Arkansas, how he hired Brett Bielma. Like, Jeff Long is... I kind of want to just see somebody write an oral history of Jeff Long as the worst AD in college football like the last 30 years. Um, so it's good news for Kansas. I know with all the mess with the basketball team right now and the sanctions that they're going to get and also just the mess of just Kansas football in general perpetually. Um, and if you get on the history of just all past Jayhawk coaches of like the last 20 years, it's so depressing from Turner Gill to Mark Mangino to Les Miles to the suing of David Beatty and the back and forth there over pennies. Like it's and it's, Mangino was the one when they were actually good for a couple of years, right? That's yes. So he, with a what was the quarterback Reeser Reesing Reesing Reesing? That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Kansas. It was a weird hire to begin with. Honestly, like I feel like it was it had name value, but when when you first heard the Les Miles got the Kansas job, you were like, "What the hell is Les Miles going to do to Kansas?" Like he's not young like it's just it was a very weird move it was like like the mac brown to north carolina thing it's like he had like a history with north carolina and it seemed like there was like a plan that he's he's gonna set it up for the the future and then someone's gonna kind of run with it after after him like just in general just less miles going to kansas i thought i thought from a coaching perspective it had the chance to like ruin his legacy mm-hmm. And now, obviously, this is... Oh, his legacy is destroyed. This is, yeah, just it's, a whole nother level. Now well, it's... He also, with all this, like, he was the shoe-in to replace Corso, right? Like, he was the natural guy with his personality, the dude eating turf and stuff, that, like, he was the the crazy uncle who was... I don't know if I don't know if he was there in line to replace Corso or anything, but, but he definitely could would have had a job on TV if he wanted it, for sure. This could be a theme, by the way. Let's hold that. Let's jot that down. Jot that down, Matt. The most obvious, or not even most obvious, just who is best suited to replace Corso when that time comes? <laughs> All right. You know who it's to... not, Matt Green? Who's that? A newly uh, reacquainted Athens resident. Can you guess who I'm talking about here? You're talking about Mark Richt. Yeah, Mark Richt. CMR. Does not belong. No. I will actually... Mark Richt wouldn't be that terrible of a person. I feel like when he was on ACC Network, he started being kind of crazy, like really showing like his personality and eating all the the cheese puffs and everything. Like he was like a goofball on there. So he he kind of had more more personality than I would have given him credit for. Like considering what his press conferences always were over the years, it was just. Oh, this team, uh, you know, they got a nice, uh, nice special teams unit there. Uh, it was mm-hmm. just, you know, we're going to have to, uh, you know, prepare for those guys. It was always the most boring, monotone press conferences ever. I'm trying to think who makes the most sense. I, I guess, mean, see, someone like a Mike Houston Leach, Nutt. but he's like too crazy. Yeah. I was <laughs> Houston Nut. Yeah, Houston Nut. I don't know. That that's not a bad one because Corso wasn't even a good coach, no. really. So you don't it doesn't necessarily have to be a good coach. Um, I feel like it's got to have just be someone with some some craziness, someone who's not afraid to to shoot a, a gun inside uh, the Cotton Bowl. No, you know what they also need to bring back in um, every day should be Saturday. Co- uh, founder Spencer Hall, now of Moon Crew, um, had a, a whole thread about bringing back. The best college football show of all time, um, College Football Live or Scoreboard. What was it? I don't even remember what it was. Oh, no. You're talking about Lou Holtz and Mark yeah. May? Dude, no. It's I feel like they got enough time. Those clips. It, the, the comments on this thread, I'll send it to you after, is amazing. It's like I've never seen a show just have a, an entire show just all wrong opinions for at 30 minutes or whatever it was. Just everybody was wrong all the time. And... <laughs> <laughs> it, it was incredible. Like I want that show back. It's it's a terrible show, and I need that back. Yeah, I, I can I can I do without that, show. especially I when so angry. Well, and they did that whole like at one point they had like the gavel, and it was like a courtroom <laughs> kind of setup. Like it was it was like we're giving Lou Holtz a more long winded answer than he was already gonna give. Like this is a terrible idea. No, it's great. Bring it back. Bring it back. Um, but honestly, this year College Game Day was better. Than I feel like it's been in in recent years in terms of Lee Corso because 
I feel like they just got just the right amount of Corso in the show. Like he was in there enough to have fun, but it's like yeah, he could be away. in his own setting. Everything's kind of pre with Herbie with Desmond Howard with um, the guest that week. They had some good guests this year. McConaughey was good. Uh, McAfee was good. I'm trying to think who else was on there. Who else made it? Oh, well, McAfee's kind of a there. he's kind of a regular, right? I feel like he, and then Pollock is obviously always on there, Pollock's but. Good. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, that's an interesting time. Les Miles, I guess, now that you mention it, would have been like kind of a, a solid candidate for that. I don't, I don't know. Maybe look at Will Muschamp. Will Muschamp's not a bad one either. He's got, he's got some, uh, some TV charisma. I don't know. I don't hate that. You know, Butch Jones. Uh, if he didn't want to get back at Arkansas State, I think he actually would have made some sense too. No, Butch Jones is terrible on TV. I feel like he, that was that was what cost him his job was the media like rattling him so much. I guess it's a complete different pressure. It is. It is. Um, last thing before we get into our main event subject matter, Matt Green. Rush Probst, old friend Rush Probst. He's been placed on leave. I don't know if you saw this already, but um, he's been placed on leave by Valdosta. Um, just dishing uh under a hot mic with somebody higher up in valdosta i don't know who he was specifically talking to allegedly in this recording but just casually dishing on kirby and saban and the recruiting efforts um i (laughs) there's so much to this and i have to be careful with how i word this but like i don't know if i believe rush like it was weirdly specific about his albany guys and about his people and stuff like that where i'm like there's no way rush is not well informed enough on a lot of these sec coaches and how they operate like there's just no way with how much he won at hoover and what he was doing at colquitt like there's just no way he's not in the know at least to some extent um however i don't think kirby and saban are this dumb like that's what i go back to it's like no i don't think it's it's that uh obvious and i don't think it's just sitting out there like that um do i think kirby cheats a bunch absolutely like kirby <laughs> that's what makes him a great recruiter but like i'm not I, I i'm not here to judge like it's just tennessee was cheating like it's not like i'm taking shots at georgia i'm just saying that like part of what makes kirby better than rick is he's a better cheater like that is just part of kirby's appeal like you part of re- being a great recruiter outside of being a fertile recruiting ground like georgia or california or alabama or florida and texas is that you know how to cheat like that is part of it like you know how to get around certain stuff and they are i i just i have a hard time believing that kirby and um nick saban have not built this infrastructure around themselves that incubates them in a way that protects them from any kind of major violation just because of how much money they spend on it and how much goes into it that like if they go down it's going to be really really difficult because i feel like they have spent the money and the time to put together the perfect like shield around them does that make sense yeah and i mean rush probes is trying to take down bear bryant too like he's going all the way back but i i'll be honest as a georgia fan like i think i think people just uh they're they're not used to georgia compete like recruiting at that at this level kind of being in this national elite conversation and so the first hint of like, oh, Georgia's cheating. It's like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. We told you guys Georgia was cheating. But then once you heard he's talking about Alabama too, I feel like I got like less nervous. I was like, oh, well, if they're, they're going to bring Saban down before they bring Kirby down. So like that's a way, Saban's a way bigger uh, deal. Well, so NCAA is not bringing Saban down. Like they have no interest in bringing down Alabama. That They have no interest. Oh, for sure, but that, that and that's kind of why I felt better about it. I'm just like they're 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 probably not going to do that to Alabama. So if if he's just this just kind of hearsay, and then for someone like Nick Chubb to kind of take to Twitter, like okay, this if I needed money, bad. I would what have gone to the league. To say what is he going to do? Come on Twitter and go. He's right. Well, but it's also like Alabama. Have you heard anyone from Alabama say anything about rush probes? It's like there's no reason. It's just like hearsay, some rumor. So there's no reason to even acknowledge it. But but like even if it was true, you're not gonna admit that it's true. So it's like when fans, Georgia fans, were like, "See, Nick Chubb, stand up guy. He would never." It's like you don't know Nick Chubb. I mean, no, you wouldn't. And I and I hate how that's like the perception. It's like, oh no, Nick Chubb is a class act. He wouldn't (laughs) do something like that. It's like. So, because Todd Gurley took, like, a couple thousand dollars when he was 21 and broke, like, he's not a class act or something. Like, A.J. Green, he sold his jersey to just some random dude. Like, A.J. Green was the epitome of a class act. Like, I'm not sure he ever said one word on the football field. Yeah. But, like, 
I would say someone like Nick Chubb, just his personality, I I felt like it was less true once I heard him kind of just unsolicited, just kind of go to Twitter on his own. Because and, and if you think about it, it's like Rush Probe's kind of what do you say? It was like three or four payments of like fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars that got Chubb to save for a senior year. It's like if Chubb would have gone pro and been and then he his stock was not nearly as high after his junior year. So maybe he's a third fourth round pick it's like he's making like a million at least like in that first year so it doesn't really make sense for him to come back for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. but you know he he never got any money from any boosters or from anything like that during his entire time at georgia it's like yeah if it's true it wouldn't surprise me if it's not it wouldn't surprise me either yeah and nick chubb is a class act but it's like if he had fucking thousand dollar handshakes with a bunch of boosters in his four years while he was there, that doesn't make him less of a class act. No, it's like he's he's a broke twenty year old dude. I wouldn't blame any of these guys. I never blamed Reggie Bush for taking the money. Like I never blame any of these kids. Like the, they should do it. If you're giving it to me, I'm going to take it. Like that should. Be I mean, other right. than the fact that you you know it's against the rules. Like and that is that is against the rules, and they all know it's against the rules. So it's like they Don't might care. be like kind of BS arbitrary rules, but going to get me a car? Is it going to get? Am I doing all this stuff for this university and making them a lot of money without my name on the back? Like people are tuning in to watch me play on Saturdays. Are people filling the stadium for me? Yeah, I, go get your money, man. Like I, but. I, in general, do you feel, I feel like this feels a little, like there's a little less validity to it than when I first heard the rumor. Oh, for sure. Like it's it feels like it's like kind of. completely, if this is Rush Probst, let's stress, allegedly, if this is him, um, he's, he's not exactly, like he's just talking. It's like one of those things at the golf club. Like I just imagine, it's kind of like when Kevin Mather was talking, he got caught in the hot mic at the Rotary Club. And had to resign because he was saying the quiet things out loud where he was like, yeah, we manipulate service time for our top prospects. And that's just a thing in baseball. It's like we hold these guys down so we have longer team control with them. And they could have been up earlier, but we were like, we'd rather have the control. Like, yeah, it's the quiet stuff. Like, I imagine Rush Probst has these conversations or any big time high school football coach in the South has these conversations or know about certain shady figures around these programs that it, it there's no way they don't know some of this there's just none yeah if there's one thing that i'm i'm confident that that kirby learned from nick saban it was how to how to keep your hands clean on these yes. things i agree um let's get into our top 20 quarterbacks of the last 20 years there have been so many great ones part of what we've seen with the offensive evolution is this list is going to change so quickly and you're going to forget about the great ones from even five years ago because 10 more will come through the pipeline because it's an offense focused league now and everything is about the quarterback and if you have a big time quarterback then you make plays like the trail even the trail Lanches. zach wilson came out of nowhere and is now going number two in the draft it seems like like there's just so many great options now and this list is going to change and fluctuate a lot because the like what i noticed as i was filling out this top 20 list was that like man these quarterbacks stood out so much more during this time because it seemed like so many teams just had the Brock Berlins, the um, Brock Berlin going way back. Yeah, like the Matt Flins and the the John Parker Wilsons and the Aaron Murrays. And so, what are you saying about these guys? Hudson Masons and the uh, the Joe Coxes and the Joe Tereshinskis and like programs like that. Now you cannot survive like that anymore. It's just it's completely different and it's a completely different game and it's just the the big time quarterbacks it seems like so many more programs have elite quarterbacks than they used to. Yeah, I definitely think there's some truth to that and it's also, you know, in terms of like the numbers and just kind of what the game has become, just the passing numbers are just just so much more ridiculous than they were even like 10, 15 years ago. Absolutely. Like a 30 touchdown season, it's like you could win a Heisman. Like what was was Troy Smith? He threw like thirty touchdowns that year. Like he was like clearly the best player in college football too. Like wasn't even really a debate that year. And he did not make either of our list. I don't think so. Let's start. He did not. Can we go like a an honorable mention? Because no, I threw a few honorable mentions all night. Let me throw a few honorable mentions out there that didn't make my list. All right, go ahead. Matt Liner did not make my list. No, Jason White did not make my list. Mm-hmm. 
And then um, the last three I got, Aaron Murray, Pat White, Dak Prescott. None of them made the list. Dak Prescott's a sneaky one that I thought about after. I'm like, I think he had to be on this list. And I don't, but then you go to the list, and you're like, who am I taking out? Um, yeah, exactly. I'll be surprised. I, there's one person that's not on your list that I thought was going to be there. And okay. I thought it was your boy, Colt Brennan. Love Colt Brennan. I was shocked uh, he wasn't him. on your list. Hold on. There's a difference. Colt Brennan's the coolest quarterback of all time. Like, he is the coolest college quarterback of all time. He's not one of the 20 best of the last 20 years. He's- okay. That's, that's what I feel like what we need to get to. I, so, what was your criteria exactly? Because this was difficult for me. Because, you know, I always, we always talk about this with, the, uh, with like the all-time NBA conversation. Mm-hmm. It's like, am I judging someone's career achievements? Or am I judging, like, um, I'm playing a pickup game and I want that guy right now. You know what I mean? It's like... It was, it's how I kind of com- compare, like, not getting too into basketball, but like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar versus like Anthony Davis, you know? Mm. It's like a way better career, but like Anthony Davis is kind of one of the most ridiculously skilled players ever, you know? So it's like, do you just go like today, who do I want to play with? Who's the best player? Or are you judging, you know, the, the championships and the, and, and the, the actual career achievements and just, or is it just kind of a combination of all of it? I think the most important thing was like if I have quarterback X for the if I could pick quarterback X in a national title game, who am I picking first? Like I just I have one game to win it all and I have to bet on this college like the peak version of this quarterback in college, who am I taking? It has to be the peak. The best version we ever saw of this particular quarterback, who am I taking at their absolute apex where it's like that dude was the best I've ever seen. Um, and the most dominant maybe and like the mo- who I put the most trust in to win me a game if I need to win a game like who especially too, I think about the roster where it's like if the roster wasn't great could they survive what could they do with a limited roster things like that so this hurt Alabama quarterbacks for me um, and why they didn't shoot up of just like it part of it wasn't their fault but but there's also like just not really that many good Alabama no. quarterbacks there are a lot of just kind of game managers that. But also just some of the bonkers stats. It has to be part of it and what they did in their career. But ultimately, I started with, like, if I do trust, like, if I could just pick. Like, we're playing backyard baseball or backyard football, and all these guys are sitting there. And I'm like, who do I pick first? Who do I pick second? Who do I pick third? Um, if that person's gone, where do I go? So that's kind of how I looked at it. Um, all right, fair enough. 20. Who is your number 20, Matt? My number 20, getting things started. So this was a, this was the one I struggled with, Matt Leinert here, at, and uh, this guy, Kellen Moore. I was breaking it down. I was. They're both lefties. I'm like, they're basically the same person. But Kellen, mm. Kellen Matt Moore. Matt Leinert win the same way at Boise? I don't think so. I, I don't really think so at the end of the day. And I think Kellen Moore just... He was crazy accurate. Like his numbers were just insane. Like obviously it's it's probably comparable with those two in terms of like the talent they're playing with versus the talent their opponents have. It it might kind of wash itself out, I you mean, know. Crazier to Kellen Moore the all-time win leader in college football. <sighs> Ooh, I do not I do not have that stat on I me. Think uh, he is, but I think you might be right. He just I got mean, passed because I know he was there for a while. He went 6-0, and oh, so here's why you're wrong about Kellen Moore. I have him at 12 on my list, Matt. So okay. He had a 70% completion rate over a four-year stretch, 142 touchdowns, 28 interceptions. He was 50-3 and three as a starter. The Broncos went 6-0 and oh against Power 5 teams during his time. I mean, Kellen Moore was like the most efficient group of five quarterback of all time outside of another name that we're going to get to. Um, I Kellen Moore was insanely underrated. He beat Georgia. Like he, he's that's why Colt Brennan's not there. It's like Kellen Moore was just a different level, and he, I, I, I just I wonder if he had been come or maybe if he had come along a couple years later and he played at Oregon or something, or he even played at USC. Like how we view Kellen Moore, but that dude, I, I just I think he's even better than you're giving him credit for. Uh, you could be right. I, um, also, I, it's tough to find this like actual wins. I found something. It's, it's a few years old, so someone could have broken it since, but this has Kellen Moore at one at 50 and three as a yeah. starter. So, okay, uh, so there you go. That's pretty absurd. 50 wins in, in four years. So, uh, all right, let's go to your, uh, number 20. Chase Daniel. And it's not because his name's Chase. 
That's exactly why. It's because his name is Chase. <laughs> you could have made this argument for Dak. Like, he and Dak were in the same level for me. Where it's like, programs... Like, when Mizzou was in the Big Ten, they did, were not getting the same kind of players that Eli Drinkwitz is bringing in at Mizzou now. Um, it's just, just different. Getting Mizzou to number one for multiple weeks and doing what he did with Jeremy Macklin and how efficient and how ahead of the curve that offense was and how dominant Chase Daniel was as an efficient machine for years and years. He's kind of like what you were describing as Kellen Moore. He was not an all-time great, but like Chase Daniel, what he did at Mizzou, I just think we're, we're not giving him enough credit for just how good he was. Um, that was, so when they were number one, that was the second time ever that Mizzou was ever number one in the nation. Like, he completed almost 70% of his passes. He has similar stats to Kellen Moore. Um, won two division titles. I I don't know, man. Like, getting N- Mizzou to number one overall is insane. And I think Chase Daniel has to be in my top 20 of the last 20 years just for getting Mizzou there. Yeah, Chase Daniel, he definitely kind of helped change the program at Missouri. That's definitely a, a valid point. Um in terms of just kind of splitting hairs with him on, on some of these other guys, like he threw a lot of picks, 18 interceptions this senior year. It's kind of a lot, but, but yeah, for a guy, 68% for, uh, completion percentage for his career, like that's super impressive. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I would, uh, I think every, he's had the greatest NFL career of all time. So, uh, much props to Chase Daniel. Making that he's like 13 years in the league or something now as a backup. Was he had like two starts in his career? Just getting that money, that man. Money. Um, your number 19. All right. My number 19, I'm going Tua Tungavailoa. Very close here. So let's get into Tua. I have Tua at 17 on my list. Okay. 19 I feel online is Mac Jones, but Tua's got Mac Jones significantly higher. So we'll table Mac Jones. Let's get into Tua. I do. So Tua has one of the strangest careers of all time, right? Like he's, he's. He's got he's got a national championship. He's got a conference championship. Like, but in terms of and he just he changed the way Alabama quarterback was played. Right, like every quarterback before him was just a game manager. You like win with dominant running game, dominant defense. It's just interesting, like how he has all these different achievements, like milestones on in his career, but he didn't really achieve them like in a traditional way. Like as a backup he won a national championship. So do you give him credit for leading Alabama to a national championship? Like, yes. cause he, he like, he so does Jalen hurts get win. credit for leading Alabama to a national championship? Mm. Cause that's what I'm saying. Like Jalen hurts started 12 games or 13 games that year. He just comes yep. in for the one. And then as a sophomore, Tua is just incredible. Like best quarterback you've ever seen in the sec type stuff. But then at the end of the year to just get, like just completely exposed against Georgia exposed against Clemson. It was just a really bad. And then for like Jalen Hurts to come in and kind of save the day and win the sec and get him into the playoff. It was just like, it's such a strange career. And then you have his junior year where it's cut short due to injuries and they lose a couple games. It's like for how many good quarterbacks for how few great quarterbacks, I should say Alabama's had like so many of the guys Saban had had kind of better careers, but at the end of the day, Tua was just like completing seventy percent of his passes as in his two years as the starter. Like he was uh, just doing things that we've never seen in the SEC. And so I, I, I thought about putting him a little higher, but just I, uh, I kind of had to settle him in at nineteen. That's fair. That's fair. Um, number eighteen on your list. So number eighteen, I go Jameis Winston. Oh, wait, so who was your 19? Oh, Mac Jones. Oh, so we'll get into him. Okay. Yes. So he number 18, Mac I got Jameis Winston. My Mac Jones. That's fair. Number so 18, J- you have Jameis. This is a huge discrepancy on both of our lists. See, in my opinion, Jameis Winston is just like Johnny Manziel opened up the floodgates for a freshman to win the Heisman. That doesn't just mean every, any freshman should be winning the Heisman. I just didn't think that Jameis Winston was a Heisman caliber player as a freshman like he was really good but that florida state team just murdered like everybody they played like i feel like you know hudson mason could have been running quarterback on that team and they could have gotten to the national Mm. championship at least i don't know that could be an exaggeration but 
you know, this isn't Clemson's ACC. You know, the ACC was super mediocre at that time. You remember that year? Florida State was beating people like 70 to 10 and stuff. Like, I just did, I didn't think he really warranted like the Heisman. And then his sophomore year to go 25 touchdowns to 18 picks, like, he kind of took a huge step back and they still got, they still went undefeated, right? Into the, and lost in the first round of the playoff. But uh, Jameis Winston was tough because I'm looking at these these Heisman quarterbacks like Matt Leinert and Jason White, and I'm like, he's better than those guys. But in terms of like Heisman winning quarterbacks of the last 20 years, I think Jameis Winston is is near the bottom of that list for me. But I guess Troy Smith, I guess Troy Smith also missed the list. So there's a few Heisman winners that that did miss my list. I just look at him as like that season, the 2013 season. Like they were, it was one of the more dominant teams in college football in our, in our lifetime, right? It was definitely one of the most dominant teams for sure. And I think just watching what he was doing, um, like his debut, he was like 25 to 27, four TDs, blowing out Pitt. Um, but in that game, I don't know, there was just something about Florida State that they were just, the Benjamin stuff we'll remember forever, but like, Jameis was like the all-time John Elway type prospect, right? Like he was, he and Mariota were can't miss one two, and I, I just thought both of them were so good and so dominant, and were so different that like part of me was just Jameis Winston won a lot of football games in college, and that dude won a state championship as a high school junior. Like he just won everywhere. Like that was the thing about Jameis, even though he he couldn't see and was squinting, like he was doing all this while squinting which uh, people forget. Like, you could barely see. And I think maybe that's part of why I enjoyed uh, the Jameis ride was that, like, he was he was so good even when he couldn't see, which, hey, folks, I've heard you need to see down the field as a quarterback. But um, I just, that dude, I'm still stunned he did not just automatically work out in the NFL because he was just the most toolsy pocket passer, great arm, wasn't scared like he was one of those dudes who kind of opened it up in a different way where like that guy was throwing downfield throwing into double coverage before it was cool and i don't know we just don't see many quarterbacks like uh Jameis anymore and i i just think he i remind like i when i think about best college quarterbacks of the last 20 years like Jameis just pops up in my head and he's one of the first ones who popped in my head yeah, he was definitely solid. That 2013 uh, team, dude, just looking at their schedule, it's absurd. Like, just 63 to 0, 54 to 6, like 62 to 7. Like, it's absurd. Like, even Clemson that year, they beat 51 to 14. And, man, they just, they, that team just murdered everyone they played. They second in the country, 51.6 points per game and allowed 12.1 points per game. First, second in the country in points per game, first in the country in uh, points allowed. Just ridiculous. But I felt like it was more the team than Jameis. So that, that's why I have him at 18, personally. My 18, Andrew Luck. Um, you have Andrew Luck at 14. Andrew, he didn't win as many games as I thought. Like, for Stanford, it was good. But, like, do you remember anything about Andrew Luck's college career? Like, really anything? Um, that's a good, that's a good point. I remember that Oklahoma State, uh, Fiesta Bowl, uh, like that was like a great game when they were like number three and number four. Because I was like, I don't remember really anything about Andrew Luck in college other than that everyone was like, oh yeah, this is the best college quarterback But yeah, you just kind of, I guess it's just kind of Stanford, just the Pac-12, you know, just, you don't watch it as often as you watch the other, uh, games, uh, there's just not as many uh, marquee teams over there, but uh, I feel like you just knew how good Andrew Luck was every time you saw him play. Like I feel like he was that that John Elway type prospect. I feel like you're you're saying like I think Trevor Lawrence and Andrew Luck are the only are by far I think the two most hyped up QB prospects of yeah. of my lifetime. I can remember like just everyone just knew like these guys are just prototypes. Seventeen on your so why list. you have him at seventeen? Sugar Ray Leonard. Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Say it again? 
Why not any higher than 17? You just couldn't remember any of his career? I mean, that was part of it for me. Of just like, that dude did not play in one meaningful college football game. Like, that was just part of it. And I understand that, like, this is probably too low for Andrew Luck because he's one of the best college quarterbacks, like, skill-wise. And he played at Stanford, which wasn't his fault, but he did commit there. But, like, I don't know. I think that's just part of it. He never, like, won big, big. I think they went to, like, the Orange Bowl, maybe. Yeah, a couple. Yeah, they beat Virginia Tech in the Orange Bowl um, his sophomore year. Um, It was just fine. Yeah, it was a couple top five finishes. He was just doing his three years. Doing his time, being awesome, and that was it. You know, what I, I wonder if like another part of it is like those those Pac-12 and Big Ten teams. He never played in a Rose Bowl. Mm. I I feel like that kind of like enhances your career. It, like it when you Russell ball Wilson. out in the Rose Bowl. Like Saquon Barkley. Like oh, what's his name? Sam Darnold. They balled out in the Rose Bowl, so it's like somehow their like legacy is is oh, higher. It's Russell you know? Wilson, man. Like that. Yeah, the there you go. Russell Wilson at Wisconsin is the Rose Bowl. Yeah, and so it it seems like at Stanford, if you're not going to win a national championship, you need to be in that that game. So we have some sort of like way of remembering your your legacy because they just the media loves the Rose Bowl more than more than any other bowl game by far. And I I always hated on it until Georgia stop this until Georgia played in the Rose Bowl. I was just like it's so overrated, and then they play it, and you're like I I, I like how much the Rose Bowl gets hyped up. <laughs> Um, number 17 on your list. Number 17, I got Sam Bradford. Mm. This, this was a really tough one to rank for me because he was so good in his Heisman year at Oklahoma. But I mean, just in, in general, his freshman and his sophomore year, he was, he was great both seasons, but the fact that he got hurt his junior year and then Landry Jones comes in. He's like the NCAA's like all-time passing leader, right? Like yards. I think he's like top five, top three. So I feel like that kind of hurt Sam Bradford's legacy a little bit that, you know, any, you can kind of plug anyone into Oklahoma system and they can put up numbers. So Sam Bradford was super impressive for what he did in his career, but uh, I couldn't put him much higher despite like 50 touchdowns he threw his sophomore year. He seems almost underrated now. Like that Oklahoma team, they were – they were so efficient, but they had playmakers everywhere. They were so well coached, and that dude was just a winner. But you're also just like, that dude, he's always in the gun. Like, he was one of those where I think a lot of, like, Southern football fans were so angry about Sam Bradford's existence. I remember the SEC fans hated Sam Bradford and, like, were, like, <laughs> excited to see Tebow and Florida stomp them. It was just, like, there was this weird hate for Sam Bradford and they were like he wouldn't do this in the SEC he wouldn't put up these numbers he wouldn't be able to be in the gun then it's like a couple years later every SEC quarterback is under the gun all the time everyone like no one's but I think it is it it was worth noting that like they were scoring 50 points a game in the Big 12 and then they play Florida and they scored what 14 in the national championship it's like there was something to that SEC, those SEC defense. I think there was a period that the SEC defenses were just on another level than everyone else. And I feel like they still have the individuals, but it seems like the SEC offenses have kind of caught up and there's no longer like, oh yeah, but who are you, what defense are you playing up against? Like, it seems like that, that conversation has kind of gone away a little bit in college football. For sure. Um, my number 17, Tua Tungvaela, as we talked about, Seems low for him, but I I had to include him. I almost didn't, but just the 1A, 1B with him, with Joe Burrow a couple years ago, that was really fun. The Joe Burrow versus Tua game, I'll remember forever. Like, him making those 4th and 25 plays, like, he he balled out in that LSU game, and he showcased everything. And just as a lefty, I like that. And he was, like, the first Alabama highly touted quarterback in forever, right? Like, he was just the one where it's like, oh, Alabama finally got a five-star quarterback. They've gotten five stars everywhere, but they just don't invest in the Well, it, it seems like they've gotten five-star quarterbacks, but he was the first one that actually was a, just like a true difference maker. Because yeah. who was who that guy? The Blake Barnett, I know, hopped yeah. around. I think AJ, AJ McCarron, I don't think, was a five-star. No, but they got reasonably highly ranked. They were always getting highly ranked players, you know? Well, never but yeah, two, it was definitely... Quarterback in the class. It was never like that. Yeah, that's probably true. Um... Number 16 on your list. Number 16 on my list. This was one of the more difficult guys for me to rank. was Justin Fields. Mm, did not make my list. And it was at first, I he wasn't in my list. And then I'm going through and I'm like, 
backyard football. Like, am I picking Kellen Moore over Justin Fields? Am I taking Tua over Justin Fields? Like, I'm not taking Sam Bradford over Justin Fields. So, I um, I I, I would be more tempted to put Troy Smith over Justin Fields. Yeah, but Justin Fields, think about how dominant his his year was last year. Like, 41 touchdowns and three picks. And we know about the dude's ability to run. Like, I think this year kind of hurt him. And it, it was just six-game schedule. Like, they didn't, they didn't play. He wasn't, like, perfect. So you kind of... You kind of took something away from him. You're you're like, oh, well, he wasn't perfect last year. He was perfect. What 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 happened? You know. But then I think once you got in the playoff and he did what he did against Clemson, I feel like that kind of just solidified like the legacy of just just how good he really is. Like just with all the draft stuff going on, like it seems like people are like trying to poke holes in like Justin Fields draft like his his skills and he's a lot closer to trevor lawrence than i feel like we're all giving him credit for like i still think trevor lawrence is better but like justin fields is is an insane talent and he's had the production too i think if he doesn't if they lose in the first round of of if he plays exactly how he played against clemson last year in the playoff this year he probably doesn't make this list but it, you don't want it like one game just determine someone's legacy, but I think getting Ohio State to the national championship and you know just kind of in the fashion that he did it, completing seventy percent of his passes this year, I uh, it was hard for me to uh, to rank some guys ahead of him, and that, that's why he ended up at at sixteen. Interesting. Um, well, that's that's interesting. I did not have him there. I had Colt McCoy at sixteen for me. Colt McCoy is he okay? Uh, I, love I have Colt McCoy at 12. Okay. So we're probably in the same ballpark here of why we like Colt McCoy, where it's like he's not an honorable mention, but he's also not a top 10 guy. But he was – we've now taken for granted the Texas quarterbacks who actually were good and panned out and won a lot of football games at the University of Texas. And Colt McCoy guided him to a national title. Like, I will remember Colt McCoy for the back injury. That will, and, and then title game? Yeah, that just – it was so brutal. Remember him having to walk – like his family went to the locker room with him? Man, that was, yeah, that was one of the biggest bummers ever, honestly. I feel like that kind of had, a, that that matchup, Alabama and Texas, was just, there was so much hype. It was such a sexy matchup. Yeah. And for Colt McCoy to get hurt as early as he did, like, I don't even know. It seemed like it was like the first was series the first of the quarter. game. Yeah, it was, that was uh, really disappointing. But yeah, Colt McCoy, he's kind of a guy who his career definitely kind of helped him on this list. You know, because he did it for four years, four-year starter. And and I, I think he didn't really give – I don't think he's necessarily given as much credit for his athleticism as well. So I thought Colt McCoy, he's a damn good college player for sure. He had a season where he had a 77 completion rate. Yeah, that's stupid. Like, that's just <laughs> – that's just – Almost impossible. Like Colt McCoy is almost a top ten quarterback. Like Colt McCoy, was and he was he was so good from day one too. Like as yeah. a freshman, like he he was kind of like just a better version of Aaron Murray. I feel like mm-hmm. kind of they kind of came in as freshmen and were just like already they're already kind of finished products as freshmen and kind of got a little bit better as their career went on. But he just had he just had more NFL kind of ability than than Murray and a uh, much better athleticism too. Fifteen for you, sir. 15, I had RG3. Ooh, little off. I kept sliding him around. I, I did not know where to put RG3. I didn't either. I had him like 25 when I first started doing it, and then I just kind of keep just throwing him in there just because his his Heisman year, like that's that's one of the better Heisman seasons like you can find just statistically. Like I, think, I know they think they went like 9-3 and three or something that year, but just the – to be that accurate of a passer in in like a track star's body, like I feel, I feel like I had to just keep putting him further up the list. Yeah, I mean his numbers were just bonkers. <laughs> so where do you have RG three? So on uh, mine, I had him at ten. Okay, I think he was like I think he's a top ten college quarterback of the last twenty years. That's the reason I put him up. I I just had to slide him in somewhere at ten, and then I couldn't put him in front of the people I had him in front of. Um, but I just, he was in the cover of NCAA football. Big thing there. Um, he, even though, I don't think. That was the one with Barry right. Sanders on the cover too, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, I remember I that. Yeah, and I don't, actually, I don't think uh, either of us 
put in uh, Denard Robinson on this list. I did list. not. <laughs> I thought about Pat White. I didn't even think about Denard Robinson. Mm-hmm. Um, also, hold on. Before you get into this, do you remember that NCAA football game with RG3 and Barry Sanders? The whole like marketing thing of like putting a different player, like putting a player on a different school. Do you remember that? No. It was the worst idea I've ever heard. It was like the commercials would be like, like Harry Dog was like playing uh, NCAA or something. And like someone walks in on him and he's playing with like Tebow is on Georgia or something. And he's like embarrassed, you know, like, oh, it's not what it looks like kind of thing, you know. But I, and they just show like different, different like superstars playing on like the rival. And it's like, do you not know college fans at all? Like we literally hate those people. Like. Alabama fans don't want to play with Cam Newton. They're like, fuck Cam Newton. We don't need him. Like, it was, I just thought it was like the worst market. Like, it couldn't have been more like just out of touch with your 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 base there. Yeah. Um. But anyway, RG three was just that season was incredible. Baylor at that time was not the Baylor we know now, and he was just the perfect guy for Art Briles' scheme. And he was just like a cheat code. Like, he really was just. He could break away with this speed. He was must-see television. Like, I remember having to tune into Baylor games to see what RG3 was going to do. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, number nine. Or, I guess, excuse me, that he would be, we, if we were doing my list, it would be number nine now. It, number 14 for you is Andrew Luck. We talked about him. Number 14 on my list. We are going to disagree a lot here. Oh, Johnny man. Manziel. Johnny Football, man, at what at 14 i got him at three he so he was great as a freshman we know that like his stuff he was like art the reason i put him next to rg3 is not a coincidence they reminded me a lot of each other texas products smaller texas programs they weren't the university of texas they didn't win big they never won big in college but they're really good and they were tantalizing and you had to watch them they were some of the most fun quarterbacks to watch the last 20 years they belong in this list but like, he wasn't he wasn't ahead of the guys I had him ahead of. Like, I, I'm not taking Johnny Manziel over Sam Bradford. I'm not in a game. I'm not oh, taking over Kellen Moore in his career. I'm not taking him over Lamar Jackson. I'm not taking him over RG3. I'm not well, taking him oh, over Johnny Manziel was so much better than all of those guys, yeah, dude. No, this no. I feel like people got so mad about all the off the field shit he was doing. They just like tried to not give him the Heisman as a sophomore. So his sophomore year was Jameis Winston's Heisman year. And his sophomore year, he was better than he was as a freshman. Like his rushing numbers weren't there, but that's because he ran for 1,400 yards and 20 touchdowns as a freshman, as a quarterback, rushed for 1,400 yards and 20 touchdowns while not being Nick Fitzgerald. Like this man was actually a quarterback. So, and then as a sophomore to throw for more yards, more touchdowns. Nick Fitzgerald, like that was unnecessary. I'm saying Nick Fitzgerald, that was the only other 1,400 yard quarterback I could think of. He completed a forward pass at Mississippi. Exactly. So that's the kind of guy that runs, the kind of quarterback that runs for 1,400 yards, not one that's actually just picking the defense apart with his arm. I think Johnny Manziel, oh man, I like. Like, so my, my girl wasn't like a college football fan back then. And so like, I have to explain to her, like, cause she just knows like of Johnny Manziel, like, man, this guy is just like a burnout and stuff. And I'm just like, ah, you don't understand. This guy used to be so tight. Like he was as cool as it got like Johnny Manziel in college, Johnny football, just the whole persona that went with him. I had him way higher than you. But, um, I noticed, uh, you skipped your uh, your number fifteen on there. You had a uh, Case Keenum at fifteen. Did I lose you? But yeah, I, I'm just gonna keep talking about Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel. So he threw 26 touchdowns and nine picks as a freshman. Threw completed 68 percent of his passes, 3,700 yards. Then the next year as a sophomore, he improved on everything. So I just, I don't know how you can have him. I don't know how you can have him. uh, You can have him that low. But no, what I was saying, I think I lost you. Um, You skipped your number 15. My number 15, Case Keenum. How can how can you have Case Keenum up there ahead of Colt McCoy? How can I have the all-time passing leader, the guy before passing was cool, before 
throwing. Before passing was cool. He was Mr. Before passing. What was he there for seven years? Seven years. He had he got like multiple senior years. He got like a a fifth year senior, like a sixth year senior thing for him. He or had nineteen thousand passing yards in college. Nineteen thousand at a seventy completion percentage. 155 touchdowns. And you talk about rushing, guess what? 23 rushing touchdowns. That dude was so much better than Johnny Mansell. He actually could throw forward passes a bunch. Like, Johnny Mansell was fun. But he topped 5,000 yards in 40 touchdowns in three different seasons. Three different seasons. He passed for more than 2,000 more yards than anyone else in history managed. I'll give you that. I am... I didn't realize he had 23 career rushing touchdowns, but I guess if you're Case there for Keenan's nine, like, you can if you're there for nine years, you can one. do that. <laughs> you know, Case Keenum was signed 48 to five as a senior, as a sixth year senior or whatever. That's legit for sure. But um, I don't know. I, I, uh, Case Keenum missed my list. I can't put Case Keenum ahead of Justin Fields. I just, I can't do it. It's insanity. Insanity. Um, where are we on our list? We are on number... Okay, so I'm at number 14. So I went Andrew, Andrew Luck at 14. You had Johnny Manziel. At 13, I got Mac Jones. Mm. So you had him at 19. Mm-hmm. Explain to me Mac Jones at 19 instead of 13. I I don't like that I had Mac Jones as low as I did. But I also only have one year with him. Where like, And then I'm like, well, then how do I have Joe Burrow as high as I do? And <laughs> I'm like, is it just because he's not cool? Like, part of it is just, like, Mac Jones is just not cool. And then the zips, and I don't know if part of it's the Sims love for Mac Jones. And now seeing he might go top 15, I'm like, are we all just wrong about Mac Jones and that he was actually awesome? And he was he was finessing some passes in the Tennessee game that were just insane. Like, he his location is, is bonkers. And he had a perfect season at Bama, and he did it in a COVID year and an all-SEC schedule. I don't have a great case for it. I didn't know where to put Mac Jones. I'm not going to lie. I didn't know where to put him. <laughs> he was a tough one to rank for sure because because there's so many of these quarterbacks that are just like surrounded by elite talent. Like I kind of, you know, maybe throw him with like Matt Leinard and Sam Bradford or something. But I don't know. Something just seemed like more elite about Mac Jones. Like even though obviously – the receivers were running open. They were beating their man a lot. But it just seemed like every single throw this man made was just right where it needed to be. 41 touchdowns to four picks. 77% passing. Like, just an absurd season. And like you said, an all-SEC schedule. It, it was very difficult to, you know, kind of where you rank him among these. But I think the guys that have the one-year wonders, like, if that's their only year starting, it's... It's easy to justify putting him up there, especially like he he finished like when he came in for Tua getting hurt as a sophomore. Like he had a strong finish that year too. Fair. Um, my thirteen, Sam Bradford. Uh, your number twelve, Colt McCoy. My number twelve is yeah, Colt McCoy. My number twelve, Kellen Moore. Talked about both of them. Your eleven. We actually are the exact same here. Yeah, Lamar Jackson. He uh, just missed the top 10. I flirted with putting him in the top 10. I, and then I was like, I just think RG3 was better. And I think RG3 was... I think the program at Baylor is more difficult to do what he did than uh, what Lamar did at Louisville. But what Lamar did at Louisville is still pretty pretty remarkable. Um, and he was just in the same vein, must-see television. And they were pretty similar players, actually, <laughs> with the way they played. But... Why did you have Lamar at 11? Well, I, comparing him to like Johnny Manziel, I, I feel like Johnny Manziel is just a much better passer, much more accurate passer. And that that's kind of what made the difference. But like this guy running for 1,500 yards, 20 touchdowns, 1,600 yards, like he really was must-see TV. Like Lamar Jackson, we obviously, we, we all had our questions about how legit it was and how it was going to work in the NFL. And he's... You know, obviously there's questions about how good he can be in the NFL, but he's clearly proven what he does is 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 good enough to work in, at the next level too. So just missed the top 10. I think it was the percentage, the 57%, 56% and 59% is two years as a, or in his second and third year um, as the starter. So 
I think that kind of hurt him once you're comparing him to just all of the great quarterbacks of the last two decades. But, I mean, you can't ignore 4,000 career rushing yards and 50 career rushing touchdowns. That's just – that's stupid. Yeah. Um, are you more of a Woody Dantzler guy or a Lamar Jackson guy? <laughs> Woody Dantzler. That's a throwback right there. Um, I'm definitely putting Lamar Jackson ahead of Woody Dantzler. But if without Woody Dantzler, there would be no Lamar Jackson. He was one of the one of the first one of the first uh, of his kind. Absolutely. Um, I think when he re- I think when he graduated, he was Clemson's all time rusher, all time passer. I could be wrong about that. I think Brad Smith. I know Brad Smith was Missouri's all-time passer and all-time rusher when he uh, mm-hmm. when he graduated. That's that's a pretty impressive feat. I would assume. I would assume uh, Lamar Jackson's got to be Louisville's all-time rusher, right? I'll get back to you on Michael that. Bush. Actually, might be that. Um, Michael Bush comes he, to mind, but I Lamar Jackson is first, first all-time. Okay. Michael Bush is sixth all-time, mm. okay. and a bunch of other guys that I have never heard of. <laughs> Um, last one because we're gonna break this up into two parts Bilal Powell went to Louisville I did not know that I didn't actually either um, yeah fun that. fact for you I used to I'd be way better knowing all everyone's college when I was uh, playing Madden back in the day but Madden game slipping but we'll keep it moving number 10 on my list was RG3 number 10 on your list which is where we'll wrap up today Kyler Murray he did not even make my top 20 Oh, man, we're ending at 10. We should end it at 11. We should save the top 10 for next oh, week. Oh, okay. We'll save Kyler. We'll leave it at Kyler. We'll <laughs> there you go. We'll leave it at Kyler Murray. All right. Put a pin in it. Um, yeah, this is good. I, I, As we started, I was like, this is going to be a three-hour show if we do the full thing. Like, there's <laughs> that's, without that's that. fair. Um, so we'll do part two for the top 10 next week, folks. So go check that out. Um, don't forget, you can follow Matt Green fellow University of North Georgia alumni by following at Matt underscore W underscore green, following myself at chase double underscore Thomas on twitter.com. Leave us a five-star rating and a review on Apple. If you have not already done so, it helps. Um, Go check out chasethomaspodcast.com today for all access to all my articles and all the podcasts and all that great stuff. Um, That is all the plugging that I am going to do here for that guy down there in Decula, Georgia, Matt Green for myself up here in Knoxville, Tennessee. That is all I've got. Thank you as always, my friend, and we will talk again very soon. Yes, sir. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas podcast. Hell yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.